So, good morning. Glad to see you're all here again today. I know, we know, the first days can be a bit uh, difficult or confusing, and that's any retreat, right? Because even if you think you really know what you're doing and you're comfortable and you've been, been on retreat 30 times, the hindrances are still going to come as your friends. If they didn't come yesterday, they'll come today. It's just part of being human. It's just nature. It's not something you're doing wrong. If you don't know what the hindrances are, don't worry. <laughs> we'll talk about it in the group. You'll find out. Enjoy your ignorance. <laughs> so trying to give some more information just about the way we're practicing this morning, hopefully helpful. One way Utejaniya likes to to talk about this simple practice of awareness is that quite naturally it kind of goes through three levels. Don't try and remember them, but this is like an experiential thing. So what the instructions we're giving and what we're doing is to, to bring attention, to give attention to whatever object is arising, right? That's been clear. Not that we can always do it, but that's been clear. And that the object is... Not so much that we're choosing it, but whatever arises. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thought, emotions, any mental experience. And of course, it's not always clear. And of course, you know, sometimes we try to control it. But whatever objects are arising, bringing awareness to it. That's the first step. That's how we start to settle in. And I think as Steve said last night, I'm pretty sure he said it, there's like two in terms of attention with an object, there's two, like two sides of a coin, you could say, of any moment of experience like that. There's whatever's arising, whatever sense door contact is arising, say a sound, and the mind that's knowing it. Those two things, it's, it's not two things because it's happening together, but you could say sometimes we're mostly, when we start, we're more aware of the object. So we're seeing or hearing or, you know, it's physical sensation. Let's start with physical sensation. We're aware there's a physical sensation. Different from it's there and, we, you know, like I said, with seeing. When we're seeing, but then when we're aware of seeing, that's bringing attention to the object of seeing. But, and, and so in this way, all the nature of an object, whatever object it is, its nature is simply to be known. And the nature of the mind is knowing it. And these two things happen together. So what we start to recognize, kind of the next layer of subtlety, you could say, is that at first we're just glommed into the object, you know? And we're using that object to bring us in to recognize awareness. Okay, seeing is like this, the sensation is like this, you know? And you're knowing it, and that's good mindfulness. But then we come to be aware of that that quality of the mind that's knowing the object, that that's also happening at the same time. And actually, in this way of practice, it's a way any object, whatever, really what it's, how it works in practice is that it's serving the function of helping us recognize the mind that's knowing. Because so often we're just overlooking that. But obviously, if there's not a mind that's knowing, you know, we don't know. <laughs> Intelligent comment. So at first we're just glomming into the objects, but then we start to recognize the mind that's knowing. 
Not that there's a mind somewhere we go looking for. These are two sides of the same coin, right? But it's like a kind of foreground background shift can happen. So don't go all tight looking for it, but this is, this is secondary information I'm giving you. And you just start to recognize, oh yeah, the knowing of hearing is different from just hearing. That's already a lot of words, but we start to notice that more. And so how it's functioning is every object that we're aware of, any object, has that function of helping us recognize and come to, to be more familiar with the mind that's knowing that aspect of things. So in that way, there's physical sensation, the knowing of it, the mind that's knowing. And as we start to move into the mind more, any object whatsoever serves that same function. And so that's why in our Vipassana practice here, we're not trying to to say some objects are better than others. Of course, you don't believe us when we say that. Because we don't, you know, our habit is not to believe it either. You know, when we say all objects are equal, what does your mind do with that? Don't tell me all objects are equal. And we go to, you know, all the suffering in the world and starvation of children. Don't go there, okay? Let's stay here and really just look at how the mind and body is working. Because this is where we're going to learn. And the way our mind and body works here is the way it works in the world for everybody. But we can't change that until we can see what's going on with us. So in our Vipassana practice, any object, physical sensation, a feeling of deep compassion, a sound, the recognition of aversion, any object is fine. Because the object arises, there's the knowing of it. And the more the steadiness of recognizing objects, as we've been saying, what that does is gives it more and more familiarity with this second aspect, the knowing of it. Recognizing awareness itself. It's not in itself, but just recognizing this process of awareness, which so much of the time in our life we overlook. So why is that important? You know, so what? Big whoop. And so that's what takes us into the third level. Let's take, let's take for an object, should it have arisen for you in the sitting, physical discomfort. Has anybody experienced any physical discomfort in the sitting here so far? Yes? <laughs> Sometimes people don't for a while. We all have a body. We don't get away without physical discomfort at some point. That's a fact of life. So say physical discomfort as an object. When I say all objects are equal, our deep habit, does your mind go, okay, physical discomfort, deep feeling of clarity and peace, equal, right? I'm happy. Yeah, right. Of course not. Physical discomfort as we sit, the habit is in our life, not in the formal sitting. The habit in life is you move, right? What am I, a moron? I'm going to sit here and hurt? I move. One of the interesting, I'm a little sidetrack, one of the interesting things for you to explore in the non-structured sitting times, and that's one of the reasons we have non-structured sitting times, to see why and when you get up, to see why and when you walk, why you stop, what's going on in the mind. Okay, so 
in terms of the second set, awareness of physical pain, of course that object isn't okay. It's unquestioned we move because it's unpleasant, right? And so, and this is how the unaware mind works in the world. This is samsara. That object is the source of my suffering. No one's really going to dispute that. You go up to someone, is the physical pain your, your problem while you're suffering? Yeah, duh. So we move, we get away from it, finished. We never learn anything. What we learn is something's unpleasant, you run away from it. And that's how we come to peace. Except if it works, none of you would be here. None of us would be here. We don't learn what's really the cause of our suffering, according to the Buddha rising here in our reactions. So this is the all-important third step, which will occur naturally. Don't make yourself nuts about it. Is As we're more and more recognizing the knowing, the mind that's knowing, the mind that's aware of this sensation, so there's an unpleasant physical sensation, oh, pain, then you're aware of pain, that extra piece. Then we can start to sometimes consciously check, and you'll get more familiar with it. What's the attitude in that mind that's knowing the pain, in that mind that's aware? Now, don't make attitude a big thing. It's, it's really... What coloring, what mental states, what mood, or what thoughts? It's really what's coloring in that moment, just in that moment, the mind that's being aware, that's knowing the pain, the difficult physical sensation. And if this is new to you in the beginning, it might seem complicated and you're thinking about it and then you'll just get lost. That's okay. Everything new we have to practice. But after a while, it gets quite... Um, familiar, like someone said yesterday in the Q&A that she noticed she had a bad feeling. That's good enough. You're tuning into the, into the um, physical sensation, it's unpleasant, and it's something where we knowing pain, and, ugh, bad feeling. That's different from the pain. That's what's coloring the awareness. You don't have to get too technical. Is it frustration? Is it aversion? Is it a subtle sense of self And then you're gone off into thinking. Bad feeling's good. Oh, bad feeling, right? So we're, in that moment, the bad feeling has become the next object of awareness. It's not something outside of awareness. But once then the, the mind knows that bad feeling, it becomes the next object. Why is this important? Because without recognizing that attitude, that aversion, that dislike unrecognized, unseen, is basically driving the bus. It's that aversion in the mind that's leading the thought, this is bad, this is a let me move, let me get away from it. We go, but that's natural, right? That's normal. No one's saying it's not natural. Yeah, it's natural. It's so natural, it's run in the world. It's natural. That doesn't mean that it's... That's why the Buddhist said that, you know, normal people don't see the way to the end of suffering. Why, when Steve was talking about right view, if we're just left to our own devices without investigating, we don't question that. We don't even see that that's what's happening. So here, we're not saying move or don't move. We're saying see what's happening. And so this is this third stage of just recognizing if there is what's an attitude in the mind that's knowing in the mind that's observing. So when the aversion becomes an object, 
It's with any other object. Then we become aware of aversion. There's not a should. But as we're exploring, just being open to the whole picture, if we're just focused in on the sensation, we can't see the whole picture, the cause and effect relationship. We don't learn. Where's the suffering, really? But so with physical sensation, difficult sensation, so I kind of like recognize that. Notice tightness in the mind. Or maybe that there's a thought, if only I could get up and move. So it doesn't feel like aversion. It feels like wanting. Fine. We notice that. And actually letting that be the object for a while. Don't push it away and go back to the sensation. Notice the dislike or the fear or the wanting or the bad feeling in the mind. And then as the awareness is bigger, you're not just noticing one thing at once, you might start to notice. Is there a dynamic? Is there a relationship? between that aversion in the mind and how the physical sensation is. You can start to see that they affect each other. And so there's not a right or wrong or what should happen. But this is where we learn. This is where we learn. And there are times, many people experience in meditation, where they're with a difficult physical sensation and there's just calm. And you think, I've conquered pain. And the calm is calm. You could be because you're really, really concentrated. But the calm is because in that moment, there's not the resistance. There's not aversion in the mind that's knowing. That's what's so important to learn. So first to see that the real source of suffering, for example, is not the pain, it's the aversion to it. And this is an idea, don't just... But that's just by exploring. See what the cause and effect, see what goes on with that. And there's times when there's strong physical sensation, you notice aversion, and the aversion is just so strong, we want to just push it away and force in on the sensation, because the aversion is actually more unpleasant than the sensation. So we want to avoid that even more than we want to avoid the sensation. No wonder we get into a big mess. So it's learning, okay, aversion, perfectly fine, equal object of awareness. That's all. Just to open to this possibility and see how it works. We really start to see. So these three aspects, just uh, awareness of object, and then recognizing that mind that's knowing, and then we can start to check to notice what's the attitude in the mind that's knowing. These three things, it gets more natural, really. And it's not like a should, but because it's by seeing the attitude and seeing the awareness, we start to have a bigger picture of what's really going on. So they happen quite naturally. From Tejaniya, just to give you his... So in a way of trying checking on the attitude from time to time, sometimes a little hint can be, if you're trying to make something happen trying to create something, that's greed, that's wanting. So often we don't notice that we're saying, just trying to, if I focus on the breath a little more, come back to the breath, come back to the breath, check the thought, well, then I'll get quiet. That's trying to make something happen. See if you can notice the tightness, the greed. You may not, and then let it go, but just opening up the field of awareness. Rejecting what is happening right, is dosa, is aversion, is hatred. This isn't good, you know. And the mind has all kinds of different subtle thoughts that creep in to reject what's happening, that we miss, that's a rejection. We think that's a wisdom talking to us. 
this shouldn't be happening, and if you were a good yogi, it wouldn't be happening, so let's just tighten up here. You know, let's get it under control. Rejecting what's happening is hatred. Not knowing if something is happening or has stopped happening is delusion. So don't try to create anything, but don't reject what is happening. However, as things happen or stop happening, don't forget to notice that, to be aware of that. So simple. That's our practice. Okay. What's the attitude in the mind right now? You know, if you laugh or you shake your head, you go, oh, I can't ever do that. Oh, okay, that's a moment of, if you can't even name it, bad feeling. And that's awareness. You're back in awareness. There's nowhere else to go and nothing else you have to do. In this moment, that's awareness of what's happening. That's our practice, moment to moment. Do you see how any object whatsoever can bring us back into awareness? And we're going, no, that's not good enough. I've got to get back to that da 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 then thinking can be an object, but if you don't recognize it, we're lost in thought, and that feeds the wanting, the aversion, the confusion, because we're waiting for the right conditions to be aware of them. Or we're waiting for something pleasant, let's face it, to be aware of it. God, I just am so confused. I don't know what the heck's going on, and I hate everything. Ah, hating everything is like this. You're back in awareness. It's always available. That's what I really want us to learn to trust. So let's just start sitting in, out of the, as if you'd be more aware now that I say start sitting. Yes or no, maybe not, huh? That's the great thing. You'd be aware of different things because hopefully someday I'll stop talking. Not yet, but soon. <laughs> but, you know, you'll be aware of different things. But. Moving into not having sitting be awareness and everything else secondary. Okay. So in terms of what you might call formal meditation, sitting, this is the place where wise effort, learning how to, what does it mean when we talk about cultivating uh, this intention of the steadiness of awareness? She said cultivating continuity wise effort. What does that mean in terms of what I was just saying about whatever, as soon as you recognize, ah, like this, you're back in awareness. That's wise effort. Trying to project it into the future is striving, is wanting, even the future of the next second. So in some ways, the wise effort is this willingness to land here, but not to try and push either really hard into the object or to hold on to anything or make anything happen to it. One friend of ours likes to say, sit down, relax, observe, allow. Can we trust that? Mostly unwise effort comes from a sense of me having to do So relax, just as you're sitting here now, eyes open or closed, whatever works for you. Just let your mind relax, meaning stop trying to do something, but be awake. Just relax and notice whatever physical sensation presents itself to the mind, to the awareness. Don't go looking, don't throw your mind into your hands or your breath. 
but relaxed. And just notice awareness receiving whatever sensation. And I'm picking sensations. That's even also a narrowing. But just noticing whatever sensations arise, just as they are. Notice how they come or go. If you know it's pleasant or unpleasant, fine. If you don't right now, no need to look. Just receiving. Receiving. Maybe one sensation keeps, you know, coming into the awareness. For instance, I feel like my hand as it's moving. That's fine. Maybe there's a lot of different sensations. That's okay. And if the sensations are coming but doesn't feel clear, and there's this sense, oh, let me try and see this more clearly. That's better awareness. Notice that. That's a quality of striving. That's why Tejaniya so doesn't emphasize focusing, because so much of that comes from wanting, pushing to make it clearer. Let it be how it is. Awareness receiving sensations. Receiving sounds. Relaxed. Receiving the sounds of my voice, the meanings there or it's not. Just receiving any ambient sounds in the room, internal, external. We don't even have to make that differentiation. Just letting them be. You start to feel a, a tightness, a tension, noticing that, receiving that as the next object of awareness. Just this moment, just this moment, the wise effort, as it does take a deep commitment isn't about holding or pushing into the future or making this moment more clear or better. But it's about the commitment just now to receive whatever is arising. And then we get lost or we wake up in a dream. And, okay, waking up is like this. Thinking is like this. We're back in awareness. Awareness is here. That's our commitment over and over a million times a day. Relax, observe, allow. And when there's struggle in there will be, if you can just check a moment. We're trying to make something happen. Is there a rejection of what's happening? Or do I have no clue in the world what's happening? And None of those answers are wrong. It's just to bring in interest. Wow, how's this working? What's going on here? Notice how things behave and the next thing happens out of our control. For sure there can be skillful means not coming from aversion or wanting this best we can tell. But, for example, as we said yesterday, if you really, you're sitting here and 
you don't know what's happening like to the nth degree, you know, complete dullness, sleepiness. You're really, I don't mean thoughts are happening. Thoughts are fine, just an object. I don't mean getting lost in thoughts a problem, gonna happen. And then there's awareness, that's great. But we're really just gone, like for half an hour. Or you feel so overwhelmed, so many things happening, just not a sense of being able to receive at all. Then you can simplify for a little bit, go to some neutral experience to help collect the mind. So you've said the breath, that sensations of breath, that nose or belly, feeling the body, as someone said yesterday, opening to the sensations of hearing, just for a little while, not to get quiet, but to just collect the energy so that awareness is available again. So you explore this for yourself. Or for example, with physical sensation, pain. I think you got from what I said, we don't want to just move right away. We want to explore knowing the sensation, the knowing of it, any attitude in the mind. But if the fear, the aversion is really strong, that becomes the object more than the pain. Don't keep going to the pain. And if you can't be with it, okay, so move. Be aware of moving so that you can come back into a little more balanced awareness. We're here to take care of our awareness. That's really the bottom line. So relax, observe, allow.
in a moment. If you're awake, you'll hear the bell ringing. And just play with the experience of awareness receiving hearing. Just relax, receive. And in the same receptive mode, just noticing what's the next experience, the next object that awareness receives, that you notice. Be anything, you know, there's no right or wrong. Just notice what's the next thing a sight, a sound, an internal image, a thought, impulse to move, whatever. So we have a few minutes if you have any observations about your awareness or what you notice, any questions. Yeah, you do. She says, uh, for her, it seems to be helpful to label, like, I'm aware of walking. Do I think it's a good idea? So let me put it back on you, because really, what do I, what I think isn't what's important. It's what you notice as the cause and effect for you, what's going on. So when you label, and I know her, so I know you've done a lot of practice, and as you know, in the Mahasi labeling, it's not a whole sentence, huh? It's, that's a whole sentence. So anyway... When you label, now I'm walking, what's the effect? How is it helpful? It seems to bring more continuity, I guess, of the awareness. It brings more continuity of the awareness. Can you say, what, what does that mean? What are you aware of when you're labeling, I'm walking? Okay. It brings the awareness to the awareness. Okay, so you see that's that so it brings the awareness to the awareness. So she's done a lot of practice of being really mindful of the precise movement. So when you say I'm walking, it kind of brings you to an awareness of the awareness of walking. Yeah, it seems bigger. It seems to help me to sort of step back from from just being glommed into the sensation. Yeah. Great. So that's an example of seeing what's useful and looking at how we're describing useful is what helps us keep recognizing awareness in the bigger picture. So that's great, and learning to trust that in yourself. And, and it's, a, it's good to question it, uh, you know, to see, because it's so easy for our habits of wanting and aversion to get in there and tell us, this is a good idea. If I do this, it feels better. Right? So if she would have said, oh, it feels so good, la, 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 I would have you know, come down on her like a ton of bricks. But 
anyway, so that's a, that's a great example of how we use skillful means and how we look at what, what's going on with it. It's helping to uh, increase awareness. Great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what's my attitude toward it? It's not a wholesome thought. <laughs> so, I mean, you talked about, you know, letting, uh, minimizing unwholesome, you know, embracing it wholesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very important point because we all, you probably couldn't hear her, huh? A thought will come up and she'll recognize the thought, oh, aversion. And then the next thought basically is that's an unwholesome thought, right? Is it like that? That's an unwholesome thought. That thought itself, you experience it as judging, right? Is it, that thought itself is an, a bit of an aversive thought. Is that correct? Right. So this is normal. And she said she gets caught in what we said that the practice is about you know, growing the wholesome states and minimizing the unwholesome. And you're right. Uh, so we get caught up in that. Well, that's an unwholesome thought. I shouldn't be having it. But then she gets all caught in aversion, right? Great. Seeing all of that is part, it's the process of awareness of seeing how the mind is working and how we get caught. I just want to say, seeing that's not a problem, right? Everything we see isn't a problem, but we keep on looking. So that, that's already really helpful. So you see that even though we have the secondary information, aversion's unwholesome, it leads to suffering, right? That's a piece of information. I should get rid of it, right? That's why secondary information isn't enough. Because the only way we know to get rid of it is by aversion. Get the hell out of here, right? Why doesn't that work? Right? So seeing that, the next thought, oh, that's unwholesome, and then that's aversion. That's why when I was saying, in terms of awareness, all objects are equal. So, oh, aversion is like this. When that mind in that moment isn't meeting it with aversion, in that moment that's breaking the chain of aversion. Do you see what I mean? But we, all we know how to do is meet what isn't good, whether it's unpleasant physically or in our mind saying from something we've learned, I know this is unwholesome. All we know how to get rid of it is with aversion. If something's good, now this is a wholesome thought. Okay, how can I make it stay? Wanting. So that's why seeing the attitude in the mind is so key to understanding what works. Does that make sense? So everything you said is great. And when you see, oh, that's an aversive judging thought, that simply becomes the next object. And this is what we call continuity of awareness, of mindfulness. We don't stop anywhere. We say, oh, that's bad, so let's get rid of that. Oh, that's aversion too. Oh, aversion feels like this. And then if it's calm, we don't go, finally calm, I can quit paying attention. And oh, calm. It's like, do you see what I mean? And that steadiness of the awareness is how the transformative wisdom starts to come. That's why we can't construct the wisdom, because we do it out of confusion. This is bad, I should get rid of it. But we don't know how. The steadiness of awareness actually reveals, oh, that's at some point, 10 million times, not just once, don't even think it's just once, it's 10 million times minimum in a week, um, (laughs) that the mind will notice, oh, aversion, 
aversion and you just explore what's aversion like and then you suddenly recognize, oh, the aversion wasn't being fed in that moment of awareness of it. It lessens. It did it. The awareness, the wisdom did it. You didn't do it. That's such a relief. So does that at all make a little bit of sense? So thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, one other. Aversion, dislike, hatred, fear, any kind of like pushing away from something unpleasant. Does, does that help? Oh, version. Yeah. And please, anytime there's a question like that, please ask. Because uh, you don't, sometimes I, you know, I, I teach in other countries sometimes, and sometimes I'll be, be saying like one word the whole talk, and someone misunderstands it and doesn't ask, and it's like so, so painful, you know, because they don't, don't get the, so please ask anytime. Anything else? Yes, way in the back there. A lot of what? A lot of words. Yeah. And I get kind of confused when it's a long thing. But that was really very, very good. Okay. And the only thing is, it sounds like an awful lot of thinking. And I've been taught too much thinking. Thinking, thinking, thinking. And I don't know what to do with that. I mean, I see what you're saying. I really appreciate that. But it's like you're just going to be thinking, thinking, thinking. Well, first, when thinking's happening, it's simply the object that we recognize. Thinking is happening. Thinking is like this. It's not good or bad. It's simply what's arising, first thing. Second thing, thinking about what I said is different from simple awareness of what's arising in the moment. And that's our practice. So next time aversion arises or dislike and you notice it, just being aware of it as steady as you can and see what arises, that's all not figuring out what to do or what should happen or what it means. Just simply awareness in the moment. Yeah? Great. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So today um, we're starting with the, the interview groups. Just And as I know, it says up there, half of you today, half tomorrow. Yeah, it's the kind of big groups, but they're to really um, discuss, talk about what's occurring here for you, not about what objects, but, but you know, just how, how's, what's happening in the practice. Really try practically to try and just check in with each of you and see if there's any way we can support what's happening. So please feel free. Don't think you have to have something like incredible to report or anything. We just want to know what you're noticing, how you're noticing. You, know, you don't have to have a question. We'll ask you what's going on. If you do have a question, that's great. So please do come, because this is really like an essential part of trying to, um, you know, just all the different ways of understanding what's happening. I think that's it. Anything else? The usual schedule, the awareness and movement at three? Yeah, that's it. Good. And so again, as I said, yeah, Mark, what? Do you have questions again at four? No, not today. So... um, Again, now it's so-called unscheduled time, which means every moment is a juicy moment for awareness. And it is. It's like, notice, if you get up now and walk, just letting your, your mindfulness notice what's going on in the mind and the body. Oh, I heard, thank God I'm out of here. You know, know why you're doing what you're doing without making it a should. It, it really gets so interesting. It really can, I swear. 
get interesting in what's going on in the mind and body. If you go walk, notice it. If you say, I walk and then you veer off and you're having tea first, at least know you're doing it. And then kind of get interested in what was the process leading to that. When do you get up? When do you go walk? When do you stop walking and why? So the whole thing is really very uh, useful. And awareness is always right here, available, whatever's arising. So thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.